I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and this is the Dine to Ask podcast. Amy Schmidt is on the show today. She is a reinvention expert, a motivational speaker, a fellow podcast host, and somebody that I desperately wish lived next door to me, although I would get nothing done. But that is how good this conversation is today. I feel so juiced up after talking to Amy for over the last hour, and I'm really excited for you to hear some of her thoughts today on how to take your life and flip it into something that you can't even imagine today that could be so incredibly great. So here's her background. She started off wanting to be a broadcast journalist, basically wanting to do what I do, you know, for my day job, which was reading the news out loud on TV, going out, being a reporter, interviewing people. Along the way, she married her college sweetheart. His job would keep them on the move. They moved 11 times in 27 years, even moving overseas for a while. So doing what I do didn't seem real practical. So she ended up getting into PR and did a variety of things. And then as she had her kids, she ended up being more of a stay-at-home mom, always staying involved in her community, but really focusing on her kids quite a bit. Well, when she and her husband moved from Germany back to the US, she found herself at that weird place in life where your kids are starting to grow up and move out. She was getting into midlife, she was 49 and thinking, now what? And that is such a common thing that people feel when they hit those big milestone ages. So maybe you remember when you were 21, all the possibility that was coming up. When you hit 30, when you hit 40, 50 is another one of those. And midlife has always had that, just that thing where people think, well, that's kind of it, right? You sail off into the sunset, you don't really do anything else. And that wasn't what Amy wanted to do. She knew she had more. So she sat back and started thinking about what was it she really, really wanted to do? What did she really believe in? And she came up with this, this analogy of a cannonball. So do you remember when you were a kid and you would go to the, the neighborhood pool and you would just take turns just jumping in? You didn't think about anything. You just jumped. I mean, like the bigger the splash, the bigger the bragging rights, right? The cannonball. There's that time where you just stop doing that. Like, it's kind of weird. If I went to the neighborhood pool and I just cannonballed, I mean, be like, what's what's with the news lady, <laughs> right? I might do it now after this talk today. So she came up with this concept that we need to cannonball. We need to jump sometimes, not worried about what others will think or what they might see. And after she came up with the brand idea, she gave the TED Talk. She wrote the book. She launched a podcast. And in the process, became an expert on reinvention because the reinvention of Amy became the reinvention process period for her. Her brand is fearlessly facing 50, but the reality is it doesn't matter how old you are because these days, a lot of us have a lot of those same feelings, regardless of how old we are. There's a real feeling of people feeling kind of stuck where kind of out of the pandemic, but not really, right? Your kids are back in school. You're probably back at work. You're doing a lot of the same things, but you're still living with a lot of the restrictions that have ruled our lives for the last two years. And because of that, a lot of people aren't taking big chances right now because it's just a lot to get through the day period. So today we're going to talk to Amy about her take on life and why it's really relevant to anyone who feels stuck who needs a kick or maybe just a little encouragement to take a chance and try something new. On this time to ask why you need to ditch procrastination and perfectionism, how to create your own personal highlight reel, and why you need a compliment jar. It's a thing, as it turns out, and Amy's got you covered. Amy Schmidt is my guest on Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. 
Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track of living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Amy, welcome to the Dying Desk Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled. This is just going to be so much fun. It is so funny when I meet somebody I've been following on Instagram, because I always feel like I know you on that weird way, <laughs> but I, but I have been following you for quite a while. And I really, I love your message of that. It's never too late to reinvent. It's never too late to dream about doing some new things. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny you say that because, you know, right before we were recording today, I have made this mission of learning, relearning to play the piano. I used to play when I was like, you know, 10 I don't know, like six to 10. I played for several years. We have a piano. My husband wanted to play when he turned 40. That didn't happen. He wanted to learn when he turned 50. That didn't happen. It's sitting there. It's like a dust collector. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? It's December. I'm going to start playing. So 30 minutes a day, I am getting out the Christmas carols. That is fantastic. How are you teaching yourself again? Or is it just starting to slowly it, come back? It's a little like muscle memory, I guess. I mean, you know, it's it's coming back. <laughs> what I struggle with is one lighting because it's like, a, and I have the big notes now, the big note music, right? but I got to love Amazon for that. And um, I think the biggest thing is the fingering. Like I used to have a teacher that was so, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm just more of a rule breaker now that I don't want to follow the fingering, but it's it's a whole lot of fun. So you're never too old. That is so funny. My my younger son, we I gave him a keyboard a few years ago for Christmas. I had that idea of having musical children and then they just yeah. sat there collecting dust. And he downloaded an app recently and he's teaching himself with an iPad and he follows along and, and plays um, songs. It's it's really kind of awesome that you can teach yourself these things now. At your fingertips. I, I actually um, fixed my dishwasher from a YouTube video. So <laughs> amazing. <laughs> these are these are incredible times we're living in, despite everything else. The fact that we can do that is pretty darn amazing because we could not yeah. have done that when we were kids for sure. Right. Right. So tell me a little bit about, about where this whole cannonball co um, concept came mm -hmm. from. I love this analogy. Isn't it? I, I'm so happy you say that because you know, it was funny when I, I always grew up as a swimmer and you, when you read the book, you'll, you know, you'll hear a little bit about that. And I was, a, I was a high level swimmer. So it was all my, all I did was my life. So when I was thinking about my life and thinking about other women and people on their journeys, I'm like, you know what, what did we used to do as kids that we had just no fear in doing? Remember, like we would do those things off the, um, uh, the monkey bars, oh, you yeah. know, penny flips or penny flops, whatever they were called. I was terrible at those, but I thought, you know what, we used to cannonball. And I can remember going into the pool, you know, at 10 years old and, and kicking off the flip-flops and, and running to get in line. Of course, no sunscreen because we no, know, maybe no. baby oil, probably. But or you maybe know, Chris, Crisco. Did you ever do the Crisco? <laughs> Crisco and those foil mats. We won't even oh go Oh, my there. God. That would yes. be a you whole other podcast. You know your 80s baby when. You, yes. So, <laughs> but you get in line and you go up to that high dive. And you jump off like you wouldn't you wouldn't even think twice about it. You wouldn't care what you were wearing, your swimsuit, uh -huh. whatever. If it fell off, it didn't even matter, to be honest. It was like you just wanted to do it again and again. And then I use that analogy because I think as we go through life, this fear sets in. All of a sudden, we start looking in the rearview mirror and thinking, I can't do that anymore. You know, procrastination. Ah, 
I'll do it next year. I'll do it when I'm 10 pounds slimmer or when I'm more in shape or, you know, when I get my hair highlighted or whatever, I'll look better. And we put it off or we say, you know what? It's just not going to be great. Like, what if I can't get out of the pool once I get in? Like, I got to go to the ladder and get out. Right. And that's never comfortable, right? Yeah. So that was my cannonball analogy. And I really want people to realize that you just do it. You just do it. You know what? You got to start ugly is something I say a lot. And you got to be uncomfortable. And, and heck, if you can go to that, you know, that high dive and wrap your arms around your legs, uncomfortable, yes, but go to a yoga class or the chiropractor mm -hmm. the next day, make a splash and come up and say, you know what, I can still do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you just got to keep forging ahead. And that was the message behind Cannonball. So what was going on in your life that made you start thinking like this? Mm. So many things. <laughs> I mean, you know, I always say I was an overthinker. I'm a little bit of a, you know, I was a perfectionist. I've gotten rid of that for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think it was just the fact that my life I was going through and enjoying it and being very fulfilled, but finding out that, you know, losing my parents and having a health scare and having to reinvent myself and make new friends 11 moves. I've moved 11 times, you know, and lived in Germany one time. I was sitting back and thinking, where did Amy go? Like, you know, what is she going to do next? There's a lot of life left to live. And I think it was a time in my life when I had conversations with, with girlfriends. And, you know, we're talking about these same things. We're talking about, you know, gaining weight or, or feeling tired or anxious or worried about our kids or our jobs or our parents. And it was like, okay, we're talking about it, but we got to start taking action on this and inspiring people and sharing stories and saying, okay, you know what, if Deirdre's going through it and, and Amy's going through it, then I think I can do it too. And that's what really inspired me to do it. I've always had this gift of connecting people. And so I'm thankful that I, I had that because moving 11 times is not easy. You know, you have to, you have to recreate yourself. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to put yourself out there and meet new people. And um, my kids have seen me do that. And my husband has, and they've realized that, you know, I kind of have this, this gift of inspiring people to make a change. And it doesn't have to be doing something enormous and great and grand. It can be getting up, getting dressed and getting going out to the mailbox one day and meeting a new neighbor or, you know, going to a yoga class that you never wanted to go to because it was intimidating and you used to go to Starbucks and said, um, you know, that type of thing. So that's really where I was in my life. And I think it will resonate with a lot of women because I think we, there's times we really get stuck and we don't quite yeah. know where to go. Oh, I think stuck is like the word of this year for a lot of people, for a lot of different reasons. You know, I think yeah. we went into, we went into 2020 a couple of years ago with all these huge plans and what people were going to do and people really seeing that number as a reset yeah. Um, which yeah. it was for about six weeks. <laughs> then right. The world went nuts. And yeah. now even 18 months, almost two years later, um, yeah, a lot of things have changed. We're back in school. Many people are back at work. You're, you're going to activities again, but there's a certain element of you're still not out of it. And I think that that's led to a lot of people, regardless of what stage of life they're in, just feeling stuck, you know, whether it is that feeling of wanting to change a job or change something, but at the same time, you're just trying to survive your life, not necessarily feeling like you're thriving in it. Exactly. And I think, you know, that, that 18 months really gave us a time of, of self-reflection too. And um, I do a lot of different segments. And, and one, we talked about, you know, how do we kind of 
move ahead now? And, and what gifts have you gotten from that time that you had? Certainly a lot of people suffered grief and loss, and but there were also things that we experienced as a person that really for personal growth, we really can use you know, the, the, that time and really look at it as a bit of a silver lining. Um, you know, creating boundaries for yourself and saying no to things that don't bring you joy because all of a sudden it was like, oh, how much time do we have? You know, it was really one of those stop you in your track moments where you, you start to self-reflect and, and find out the things that bring you joy, the things you want to prioritize and where you want to invest your time. You went down this path of self-reflection of trying to figure out what was going to be next for you when you were 49. So you had that, you had that number coming at you of like giving you something on a calendar to go that that's a good time to try to figure these things out. Once you came up with that concept of a cannonball and you had kind of formulated that brand or that idea, um, you had a background in, in journalism and also in PR. So you did have some, some great practical skills to go to, but I'm curious to know, what did you do first to turn it into something? Oh man. Probably cried, to be honest. <laughs> I, did. I would have, I would have had a glass of wine, but all right. Yeah, and, and a glass of wine, but you know, it, it's funny. I'll, I'll, I'll share the story because, you know, I was sitting in, in the house and I had mentioned I moved 11 times and the most recent move was. We should probably explain Germany. people why you were moving so much. You weren't like on the run. <laughs> yeah. That exactly. I know of. <laughs> exactly. No, you know, my husband, um, I married my college sweetheart and started out news broadcasting. And then, you know, he was on a trajectory with his job that was moving us every few years. And then we had an opportunity to go to Germany and uh, the kids were little kindergarten, fourth and seventh grade. And I'm like, all right, I'm all in. I thought it was camping, you know, a couple of years, you go over expat, you take your beds and you take a couple of things and that's all you need. Well, it ended up being six, six years. And, um, you know, that in moving here was to the, back to the United States was my 11th move. And I will say, you know, you just asked me about how did I start? I did cry. That was the only move I really cried because I remember coming back. I'd lost my parents and sat here in this new house and thought, how am I going to do this again? Mm -hmm. You know, it, and, and I think that will also resonate with people because um, I was sitting there thinking, boy, you know, my kids are grown now. I still had at that point, I still had two home, but uh I knew that I needed to use my gifts. I talk about this highlight reel a lot and we can go into that later, but um, the fact that you have to look at what your gifts are and where you really are adding value and ask those tough questions to people in your network and say, you know, why am I your friend? And what do I really do well that you really like about me? And the feedback I was getting was, you're a really good connector, you're a good communicator, you're super authentic. I think, cause I'm a Wisconsin girl at heart. <laughs> and I used to be, a broadcaster and interviewing people. So I knew I could do something like that. So I launched this podcast and I started it, Deidre, you're going to laugh. I started it by putting a, an ad in, not an ad, but just a community group, Facebook thing, you know, the Facebook community groups in my town and said, Hey, does anybody know how to start a podcast? And, uh, Zippy Owens and I talked about this one time and, uh, and all of a sudden this guy showed up at the door and he, you know, he came in and he was like, oh, hi, Mrs. Schmidt. I'm this so story excited. could go horribly wrong at any yes. moment. So it, it could, it could. They're probably <laughs> like, you put an ad in and you let a man in your house. And so this guy, honestly, I saw I this movie. I know it, maybe it could be a movie. Hmm. Um, he came in and he said, Mr. Schmidt, you know, he's in his twenties. I can do this for you. Like I can set it all up. I'm just, just put me in your Amazon account and I will get you going. And I'm like, oh no, first of all, call me Amy, not Mrs. Schmidt. And, no. and let's just, you know, let's just go through what the basics are of the equipment. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn. We talked about, what, you know, how were I you a podcast listener? 
Was I what? Were you a podcast listener? Like, were you into podcasts all the time? No, no, I was nothing like that. A book on tape girl. Like I would go to the library and they don't even make them anymore. And I thought a podcast, but I I had read some things. And of course, you know, I'm a big New York times reader and I was like, oh, podcast sounds interesting. So I launched it and I did it. You know, I went to the genius bar at Apple, learned how to use my MacBook pro, got a few pieces of equipment, simple for the most part. And this is the one thing I mentioned in my Ted talk is the fact that, you know, we talked about getting stopped in fear. I'm all ready to go. I'm in my recording studio and I'm like, okay, I'm doing my first one. It was a solo cast. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Had everything set up, little pictures to kind of encourage me. (laughs) And I go through and at the end, I'm like, yes, I did this. Like, this is going to be awesome. This could win an Emmy. It was so good. You know, (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself and I go back and I try to find the audio file. And it's not there. I completely forgot to push forward. Uh-huh. Yep. Is that relatable? <laughs> Absolutely. Is it? Okay. Absolutely. Wow. No Did doubt. You, really? I'm shocked. So I, I forgot to push record. And, and at that moment, oh, you know, you just feel like defeated. That 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 Amy was like, oh, what was I thinking? Like, how in the world can I do this? I can't remember where my glasses are half the time when they're on my head. Can't find my iPhone. You know, I'm looking at for it with my flashlight on my phone. And I forget to push record on the audio. Like, how am I going to do this? And then I thought, I'm just going to try again. And, you know, we talked before the podcast about the fact that just kind of not caring was too strong of a word or two words, but the fact that you just kind of let it go and say, I'm going to try again. What's the worst thing that can happen? So that's how my podcast started. I love that. That is such a great story. So (laughs) Yeah, I, just a couple of years ago, you get this idea, you come up with the concept, you launch the podcast um, and the podcast is fearlessly facing 50, which is where yeah. you were at the time anyway. And so you get this idea to start, you know, bringing people in and having these conversations somewhere along the lines, you write a book, you do a Ted talk. I mean, you're doing all of these things. Are you just, um, I, I hate the word manifesting because I think it always takes out the hard work behind it. Um, but did you actually have like a list of things that you said, these are the things I'm going to try, or was this kind of organically happening as you went? A little of both, a little of both. I am, I knew what I wanted to do around the podcast and I knew that I wanted to challenge myself around one technology and also around, you know, reaching out to people that I thought were really incredible and making that ask. They didn't know me, you know, I mean, Amy Schmidt, who the heck is They didn't even know you didn't know how to do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But but all of a sudden it was like, wow, these people are engaging with me and, and they're trusting me and I'm getting followers and I'm getting, you know, people reaching out and saying I'm inspiring them. And that just kept me going. Um, I didn't necessarily, the book was something that had been in the works for a while, to be honest. Um, I've always been a writer and I think it's therapy. It was therapy for me in a lot of ways. I was writing, I was freelancing, even in Germany, I would freelance write for different things. And um, cause I couldn't get a work permit as a spouse in Germany, you had to, you know, you could only make right. 400 euros a month. That's all I could make. Um, I, I was swim coach. I did a couple of other things to keep busy and engaged. But I always loved to write. And when my dad passed away, I had flown back from Germany and um, was exhausted and just had my first actual, just really a panic attack, to be honest. And my brother came around to me outside the uh, hotel, outside the hospital room. And he put his arm around me and he said, you know, dad knows you're here because I had flown, you know, across the pond. The flight was late. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong that day, those two days. 
And he said, you know what, write your book and tell your story because that's what dad would want you to do. Because we always talked about those things. My dad always wanted me to write something. Um, so that really was the book. And then once I started putting pen to paper, um, I got really into it. And I knew that it's, you know, my book is very, it's very I'm vulnerable. I share a lot of stories, but I also share, you know, advice for women. I think yeah, that really will, I, will help them. I really love it here. I'm going to give you a laugh right now. So you sent me a PDF of the book so I could scan it before we did our talk today. So I tried to print one chapter while oh. I was anchoring the news. So a lot of multitasking. I printed the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. Stack of paper. Oh my goodness. This is what your book looks like in a ream of paper. Look at that. Wow. Single-sided. Such a waste, I know, but I have been reading all of it. It's oh, I hope fun. you dog ear it. And well, you'll get a copy anyway, but you don't get the cover though. I know. And the cover, the cover is something else. I love it. Isn't that crazy? It. Yeah. So you Rick's did the TED the so good. You did the TED talk as well. So you're, you're kind of, you're doing all of these things. And in the process, in a relatively short period of time, not only have you become, have you reinvented yourself, you become a reinvention specialist and expert, which is yeah. really kind of cool Isn't in the process. Crazy? At wow. what point did you realize that you had kind of become an expert on this? Oh, I love that question. Actually, I just got some goosebumps with that because I was sitting having a glass of wine with my husband. And we do that pretty often, to be honest. And we were talking about this and all of a sudden something came in on my phone and I really try to put it aside, but it was a message from this wonderful woman. And it was a message about a blog post and um, a podcast I had done about opening your circle and being a horseshoe and, and putting yourself out there more and getting out of your comfort zone. And she wrote me this note and we have since become friends, acquaintances. And she's halfway around the country. And she said, you know, I have raised three boys and they've all been football players, but I had my same group of friends. I would go to the same section of the bleachers. I would sit there. I would never engage with anybody else. I didn't even know some of the players' names and who their parents were because I was so comfortable with these couple of friends that I've known since, you know, little peewee football. And she said, Amy, I walked over and sat with a whole nother group of women. And they looked at me like I had six heads, like, well, why in the world would you spend time over here with me? You never do. And she said, all of these great friendships emerged from it. Um, and that's when I thought, wow, like I'm actually making, I'm affecting people, I'm impacting people and inspiring them to do something different. And that was very, very fulfilling for me, but also it, it weighed on me too, because the word expert or the word, you know, they're trusting you. Yes. And um, that's a big thing for me. You know, yeah. trust and a lot and of people, a lot of people throw their name out as an expert. And one of my favorite things, you know, in TV is when somebody pitches themselves or, or yeah. they are pitched by a group, you know, I go down the rabbit hole, finding out like, who are you? What have you actually done this? You know, yeah. your parenting yeah. expert who has no children, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I catch a lot of them because, you know, I do think that they, if you're going to put somebody out and they're going to put stuff out there, there should be something, there should be some track yeah. record behind it. Yeah. So, um, it is wonderful because, you know, you really have been your own Guinea pig and testing out some of these things. And they're all very basic things that just take a little bit of confidence, which is the one thing that I really feel in the last year, a lot of us have lost because as we mentioned earlier, you just feel kind of stuck and yeah. it, it almost feels luxurious to put yourself out there first to try some new things because the reality is you're still trying to get the basics of the day done for your family. True. Very true. Very true. You know, I do think that there's this element of, you know, we talked about time and how you're going to invest your time and how you're going to use your time. And I think 
that's been a real big thing for me as well. And I did use those 18 months to really self-reflect on how am I going to, you know, build my brand going forward? What am I going to be doing? How am I most inspiring people? Um, and as well as fulfilling me, because, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I don't have the energy that I had when I was 20 and I want to keep going at this pace. And, and how does that look for me? And so advice that I give people is, you know, to really sit down and, and take the time to create this highlight reel. And it sounds simple, but I'll tell you when you, when you carve out 10 minutes of your day, get a cup of tea, whatever, a glass of wine, and you just kind of look at the last couple of decades of your life and you go back. And you say, wow, what was I doing? You know, Deirdre, what was I doing 20 years ago? And, and some of those things that you just kind of overlook and you just did them and you said, oh, that was no big deal. I had mm -hmm. one woman who, you know, managed a budget for PTA and it was, a, it was a significant budget for a project. And she was up for a job and she's like, I have no money like managing finances. And then when she really took time to look at what she'd done, she's like, oh yeah, that was like, $50,000 I managed. Okay. And those experiences translate. So my advice for people that are feeling stuck and a little tentative um, or thinking about a job change or getting back out there and going back to school, you know, create those lists of, of, of highlights, your highlight reel. You're your own unique storyteller. You're the historian of your life. I always say that. And the keeper of your stories. You're the only one that knows that. Take the time to really bridge those things together and see where your gifts and talents are. And it's amazing what unfolds from that. So did you literally just write things out? Did you make a list? You did. I have it. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I did. I wrote it down and, and it, I mean, it wasn't just one time doing it. It was many times, but all of a sudden I was like, wow, I, I am good at this. And, and you also identify your weaknesses too. And what I call blind spots more than weaknesses um, you know, there's people that know you that realize that eh, she's not so good at that, but she's really good at this. And, and they can kind of tell you that. And when you sit down and really start digging deep and finding where you add value, it's the magic happens there really does. What's another one. What's another hack. Oh boy. I mean, I'm a huge affirmation person and I know you hear it all the time, you know, these I am statements, but, but I think they're so important, especially for women, you know, it, it, with those I am statements is how we take compliments as women. Oh, too. You know, this is that's another thing. We, we I, I do segments on this a lot because we deflect them. Oh, Deirdre, you look beautiful today. And hopefully you would just say thank you. But a lot of times we say, oh, eh, I don't know. I didn't feel so great or my haircut. I don't like it. We deflect. And so I always encourage people when you get a compliment, write it down and put it in a jar. And then on those hmm. days when you're feeling blue, pull it out and look at it and say, oh, you know, that, you know, they really, it, it, it's a tell me something good jar is what I have. And you pull I it out. I love it. that. You should, so sell, you should sell those. I do. I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I have tell me something good jars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sell them up. And it's um, a great idea. And you know how I, how that came about was a wonderful listener um, and follower of mine in New York city. And she said, I want to design the jars for you. So they're really cute. They're little glass jars, but it's, it's something that we need to do. And those I am statements are the same thing. Write them down. I am beautiful. I am healthy. I am courageous. You know, I am loyal. All of those things, write them down, put them in your handbag or on the mirror or in your car in your, you know, glove box and pull them out when you really need them. Because we so often undervalue ourselves and um, put ourselves down. And that's, that, that's a hack for me. I love the I am statements. I have my daughter do them. I have my sons do them. I think it's an important part of our journey. 
I love that. And I love that you sell the jars. I honestly did not know that. That was not a setup there. Um, what's a third one? Oh boy. I think, you know, we have to create boundaries for ourselves too. And I think that's an important part around confidence, to be honest, because if we continue to do the things that aren't bringing us joy and we do that, you know, or we continue to, you know, do things for others before we do things for ourselves. I think creating boundaries is a big deal. And for me, it was a lesson I had to learn. And, and I've learned, you know, you asked me what I've learned from doing this. I've learned so much from, from the guests I've had on and, and from listeners and followers, but, you know, creating boundaries around getting back to someone on a text or an email, you know, I mean, if you don't get back to the email, I used to give myself, you know, I'd feel bad if I didn't respond to them that same day. Now it's like, I have given myself 48 hours. I've relieved myself of the stress of immediately replying because, you know, sometimes there's too much of an emotional aspect too. Um, and I've just said 48 hours, I'll get back to you within 48 hours, you know, take things off your list that you don't need. Um, I, I recently talked to a good friend of mine who's an author and, uh, she was asked to sit on a committee that she's sat on a million times and it really isn't a significant committee, but it, it is time consuming. And she said, but Amy, I've done it for like 25 years. Like I have all the spreadsheets. I know what to do. I have it all filed. It'd be easy. I said, does it bring you joy? And she said, it really doesn't. So she gave it up. Somebody else did it. Somebody else picked it up and did it. And she passed it along for the year. And it's so freeing to create those boundaries and say no to things and, you know, create time for yourself to take a walk or you have to do that. And that you'll see in turn really boosts your confidence. It really does. It's the bandwidth too. Cause sometimes I feel like, especially now you've got to step back to really yeah. evaluate and feel it before you can step back in. And I think that's a, a lot of why you, you hear so many people, especially women right now with this great resignation or whatever you want to call it saying, I just need, I need a break. So that when you ask them, what is it you want to do? A lot of people can't give you an answer because no. they can't even think right now. Right. Right. That's very true. That's very true. You know, another thing we say is, um, I, I always, I, I try not to use the word busy in my life. I, mm. I try not to use the B word and I try to say productive more than busy, but, um, how many times are you at a coffee shop and, you know, you see your girlfriends and they come up and, Oh, Amy, how you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. You know, what do we say in December with holidays? Oh, I'm so busy. I have so many things to do. So really challenge yourself to not be so busy and um, to be productive and to say no to things you have to say no to and, and really, really identify once again, going back to those self-reflective periods of your, of your day and say, check in a little bit. How am I doing today? What have I done today? That's really fulfilling me and making me better, making me better for my family, my husband, my spouse, my partner, whatever it is, my family um, and, and use that time. I think that's yeah. something we get better with over age, with age. When you kind of put these things together for yourself and started enacting on the, the, the things you wanted to pursue, what was the reaction from people in your life, your kids, your husband, your girlfriends who were probably mm -hmm. feeling similar frustrations? How did those mm -hmm. different um, facets of your life react to that? That is an awesome question. No one has <laughs> with that. Oh, you're so good. good. You are so good. That's why you're so good at what you do. Um, my husband was thrilled. My husband was thrilled. I think I'm very, very um, blessed to have a, a partner that, you know, we've been married for 29 years. He's known me since I was, you know, 20 years old. That's a whole nother story. I lied to him about my age, uh, <laughs> which is so funny. Uh, but he was supportive because he knew 
that there was something missing. And it wasn't that I was dissatisfied, unsatisfied, unhappy. It was just that he knew I had something more to do. And he knows that I can do it and I'm a doer and, and I'll make it happen. So he was extremely supportive. My kids, you know, it was funny because they were, and at times too, they still say, oh, mom, that social media stuff, you know, you're kind of old. Um, <laughs> they do say that sometimes, but they're very supportive. And especially I have a daughter who's 24, who's been out of college now a couple of years. She's my oldest and our oldest. And, you know, she really, they really are viewing me in a different lens. You know, they see that my priorities are a little different. Um, my third one who is still home, who's a senior in high school this year has seen me going through this and, and he had never seen that before. I was always home and, and, uh, I think they're, they're my biggest cheerleaders for sure. They're always saying, mom, it's so awesome. They've all read my book, which I thought was really cool. And they've also told their cousins, my nieces and nephews that they should all have a copy of it, which I thought was pretty cool. That is the uh, ultimate compliment for yeah, grownish yeah. kids to say that about a mom or a dad. What a yeah. compliment. It, I have some pretty, it must've cool. been very gratifying. Yeah, it, it, thank you. It, it really, it really is. And, and they cheer me on, but they also know when I'm tired and they say, mom, you know, maybe it's time you take a little rest. And you know, they, they're, they're good. They can read my stress barometer pretty well, Um, but they've been really encouraging. And I think it's really nice for them to know that, you know, in your fifties, especially as my daughter, you know, you can, you can, you can still do things, you know, I'm very different then my mom was at 50 and my mom was vibrant and engaging and very social, but I'm different than she was. And I think we're just a different generation. Yeah. And she will, your daughter will be as well when she gets yeah. to 50, her generation will be different. Okay. So those are the first two groups. Now I want to get to the friend group or the contemporary group, because this is where I think it gets kind of dicey because sometimes as an adult, when a group of people and women, I'll just say it to women, cause that's our, our shared experience. Sometimes when you see when everybody's expressing that, I don't know what to do, that midlife thing. And then you see somebody knocking it out of the park. There's a, there's a tendency for, for people to revert to almost high school kind of stuff and to feel almost jealous or resentful. Um, did you encounter any of that from people? Yeah. Good question. Um, you know, I, I, I feel really lucky. I mean, I have really great friends, but you know, what is funny because I have challenged a few people have you ever listened to my podcast? And they'll be like, Oh, I haven't, you know, a couple will say, I don't know how to find the podcast. A couple will say, so, so I've had a few. And I think that's a real lesson for women too. You know, since we're talking about women, you know, as we go through life, people come in at different times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means some have to exit, you know, they might come back, but just for a little while, um, for the most part, 99% are supportive. Um, I had a couple say, Oh, do you think anybody listens or why are you doing that? You know, I had a few people really question, why would you do it? And why would you take this time and energy and do it now when you could just be playing tennis or going out? To and that, that's kind of where I was going with it because it's that time of life where a lot of people are like, I'm good, I'm done. Yeah. And there's yeah. this assumption that you're done. And that's what I love right. about your message is that there's no assumption about any of it. No, now I'm going to go do something different. Yeah. I love and that. I still have time for lunch and still can play tennis and do those things but I wanted a little something more. So I, I think it's a good question. I can't say anybody has really been, um, everybody's been supportive. I have a few that are just enormously supportive and have been with me on my good days and not so good days with it. 
um, and constantly ask and engage. And there's some that probably aren't as interested and, and don't really think what I'm doing is that valuable to them. So, you know, it's a, it, it is what it is. But I do think that the real message there is it's another thing that we can look at in our life and really evaluate who's really adding value to us mm -hmm. and who's bringing us joy and who really is challenging us. And, um, you know, who are those people in your life? And, and it takes evaluation sometimes, you know, it really does. Not and it, all and it takes, no, that's true. And it, it takes having that tribe of people who you cheer on and who are right. there to cheer you on, you know, regardless right. of the outcome of some of those things you take on. Love exactly. that. Well, it's a really, it's a really um, honest answer. So thank you. I hope that wasn't too bad to uh, bring no, that up. No, 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 no. Absolutely loved it. Good question. Okay. So what's next for you? What do you want to do next? Oh, so many things. So many things. Um, although the month of December, I'm really, I told you I'm playing the piano. That's like my Love it. I'm, uh, I have a little bit more of a rest this, uh, this month, just because I really want to be present. Um, my last one's getting into colleges here in the next few weeks. And I want to be around for that. I know it's going to be emotional and, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, I started something called Meant for More, which is, it was going to be a large live event with about seven um, wonderful speakers. Well, I think there were 30 actual speakers and things, but I had five big keynotes and some great things that were going to take place that was going to take place in November, but with COVID, we yeah. just couldn't do it. So um, we've launched something called Meant for More, um, and it's going to be a network of women. Uh, it's a live show that airs on Wednesday nights. It's actually, I can't even disclose what network just picked it up, but it was picked up. So that's very exciting. Congrats. Um, so we're going to be doing that in January. I have a new business partner. Um, actually, I love to talk about collaboration because I think at this age too, it's a huge part of our journeys as women. We have the ability to ask for help and not feel bad about it. And we also have the ability to say, wow, she's really good at that. Let's work together and we can go a lot further faster. So I have a really great, I have two business partners now. Um, we've launched something called the Meant for More Network. So that's really, really exciting, which will be a series of live events as well as a live show. Um, still doing the podcast, which is crazy fun and I love it. Uh, and there's another book in the works. So, you know, got some stuff going on. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. <laughs> I know. I know. I, uh, um, yeah, the next book is going to be, it's, it's a, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to come out in 2023. Can you say what angle you're taking with the book yet? No, I really no. can't yet, oh. but it's going to be, it's, it's, it's similar, similar. Um, it's going to be inspiring, but it's going to be, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's fabulous. Well, congratulations on all of it. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And uh, it's just, I, I love the message that you're putting out there. And like I was saying, it, it, regardless of what age you are, these are feelings that I think a lot of people have right now. And yeah. uh, those are some really simple ways to at least springboard and give it a try to start doing things a little differently. What are the best ways for people to keep up with everything that you're doing right now? You know what? The, the best way I think is fearlesslyfacing50.com. 50 is spelled out. Um, maybe you can link it to the episode notes. Um, I will. And, you know, I'm on Instagram, amy.k.schmidt. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty much, I would just go to the website. Everything is there. You can also go to uh, meantformoreevents.com. I hope that's correct. I think it is meantformoreevents.com. Um, that's just being formulated now and you can sign up to be a VIP and you'll get all of the news that's coming out in 2022. Um, yeah, so just, and, and reach out to me, you know, I love hearing from people. I, I do take 48 hours to get back, but I love to read stories of just, you know, everybody's got such a cool story to share. And I know you find that with this podcast too, but, oh, I find that just walking out of the house each day. 
<laughs> everybody's got something that makes them interesting and different. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for asking. But you know, the, the website is really, really easy, easy way to find me. All right. Best oh, I have of a luck. Facebook page too, Fearlessly Facing 50. It's on there. So yeah. One of the great things about working on this podcast is that when the episode recording is over, you always feel better than you did when you started. And the reason is because I record these interviews typically at 10 or 11 on weekdays at the end of my workday and after I finished all my other responsibilities at the TV station. So what I do is I set up the gear at around 2 a.m. before I leave for work and then I fly in here typically with my hair on fire, two minutes before I got to start the Zoom window recording. I never feel like I'm very prepared when I start out. And then somehow it all works out. It just always, always does. And these conversations go in such interesting directions and never the direction that I anticipate that they will go in ever, ever. Amy was just, she was awesome. And I so wish she lived next door. Although I would never get anything done because I would always be saying, can you meet me out front? (laughs) (laughs) go check out her podcast, read the book, check out the TED Talk. You can find it on YouTube. And I'm curious to hear how you're going to cannonball. If you have a few ideas, go ahead and go into the rating review section wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. And I'd love you to leave me a note in the comment section. You can, there's a thing that will say like, write a comment here. Tell me how you're going to cannonball. Like, is there something you really want to do? Is it the book? Maybe you want to start a podcast. Maybe you're going to learn how to cook. Maybe you're going to learn piano the way she's doing. I think that's really cool too. Let me know and uh, we'll try to share some of those on an upcoming podcast episode. If you have something you'd like to let me know, you can always DM me on Instagram. You will find me at runreadsip. Thanks for listening today and I'll see you next time on Dying to Ask.